Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. Today, we've got two game day episodes to get you all ready for today's matchup. Top 20 matchup against Syracuse, which is going to be a huge determining game in where the uh, or how the Atlantic plays out here. So uh, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, we're going to get into uh, the position battles from um, the running backs, linebackers, defensive backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, and the specialists as well. I just realized I've been leaving the specialists off. I'm going to exclude quarterbacks simply because we don't know who's going to be starting at quarterback for NC State. So that, that kind of would be a little disingenuous. The next episode of today will be the uh, Kim's Key slash State wins if, Syracuse wins if, where I talk about the different ways that the game could go and how, uh, you know, each team basically would have to see things work out in order for them to get a win in today's game. So stick around for all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Wolfpack. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I decided to get into uh, this thing as going by the the units that I thought would be the easiest and two, uh, the units that I think were the, would be the hardest to say there's a delineation of uh, between these two teams. And I'm going to you're going to understand it as it goes along, but it'll follow the trend as follows running backs, linebackers, defensive backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and then specialists. So we start off with the running back position. Now we do have more quality running backs. I feel like Jordan Houston and Demi Sumo, both quality. I don't know how healthy Demi Sumo is at this point, but we do have more quality running backs, but they got one of the best running backs in the game. Uh, they got one of the best running backs in the nation in Sean Tucker. You name it, he can do it. He carried this offense single-handedly last year. And quiet's kept, even though Schrader is much improved, he is playing a lot better, there is a very similar situation going on this year. Anybody who says that um, Schrader is not, or anybody who says that Schrader is having to uh, basically carry half the workload of this offense or anything along those lines, they're not well in the head. They're not watching these games. Uh, and again, this this is no fault of Schrader because the offensive line of Syracuse, I talked about them last episode, really, really good in terms of generating knockback and, you know, reestablishing the line of scrimmage, getting in the linebackers' laps immediately to make it hard for them to roam around and make plays and potentially stop Tucker. So, it, again, it's not it's not just, uh, you know, Schrader is, is – also terrible, and that's why um, they have to run the ball so much. No, no, no. They're really good at all the things that go along with running the ball. And, of course, having a back like Sean Tucker helps with that, right? So I think that this is a fairly easy one. I don't think anybody should be questioning me here and, and having any throwing any tizzy fits about, well, who is it possible that State has – listen, if Sean Tucker starts and finishes this game healthy, Syracuse is going to have the best back in this game. This is the reality, okay? The next place I want to go is the linebackers. Now, 
with the three three five, we talked about the linebackers a lot. We talked about um, you know, you talk about the linebackers a lot. You talk about the guys who are going to be important in terms of uh, making all the plays and, and creating all the havoc and all those things. And when you look at Syracuse, starts and ends with Michael Jones. He is a guy that he's their Peyton Wilson, basically. He is he flies around. He is everywhere all the time. I mean, he's he's a freak of nature. Um, he is one of those guys that whatever you ask of him, he will do it at a high level. He will do it at a high. He leads this team in tackles, has two sacks on the season, one forced fumble, one for, fumble recovery. Michael Jones is that guy, 6'1", 224. He plays like it. He plays every bit of that size. And then you've got uh, Marlo Wax. He's the thumper of the group. He would be like their Drake Thomas. He is he may not have the pass rushing ability of a Drake Thomas, but he's the thumper of the group, and he's surprisingly good in coverage. Marlo Wax is surprisingly good in coverage. Like that's I'm trying to tell you for a guy that goes about 240, you think to yourself, oh, he's gonna be real good coming downhill. But when you ask him to go backwards, when you ask him to move laterally, we're gonna have something. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Marlo Wax is He's put some good stuff on tape this year. He's put some really, really good stuff on tape. So it's it's hard to instantly uh, give our guys the nod, or it's hard to instantly give a nod for. Uh, he'll be easily pliable. He, you'll you'll be able to get some easy yardage on him. I'm not so sure about that. With that being said, I still got to give State a decided advantage uh, in the linebacking core area, only because our linebackers have not underperformed this season. They came in as one of the most highly touted linebacking cores, not just in the nation, but in recent history. And they have played like it. They have played like it. You look at last game, all three of those guys, 10 plus tackles. That's the stuff. That's the stuff that when you look at the Florida State game and you you talk about what happened there, the linebackers showing up in the way they did is the stuff that makes that win possible. And by the way, just a real quick note. I don't know if any of you all watched the Friday night football games uh, that came on last night, but I thought it was interesting that they talked about, you know, NC State kind of lucked into one with with Florida State throwing an interception when they were in field goal position. And, you know, they kind of just backed into a win. What team that is five and oh, four and one, six and oh, whatever the case may be, what team hasn't at this point? That is the nature of the beast. That's the nature of the game. Winning those close games, winning those games where it's like, man, they 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 kind of just squeaked one out is enough to get you to a conference championship. And if you think I'm lying, look at Wake Forest last year. Wake Forest was not dominating and beating the brakes off of teams, they simply the, the couple of games that they needed one or two stops or those couple of games where they needed a game-winning drive, game-winning field goal, whatever the case may be, they got them. So it's it's very interesting to say, oh, yeah, well, and, you know, injuries, they, they, they just barely squeaked by by luck. Well, we did have one have in a backup uh, walk-on quarterback. We, we did have a, a situation of even beyond the, the quarterback, we did have a – a situation where we basically had been struggling to to throw the ball all year to some extent, and then you lose the guy that's supposed to be the catalyst for that. To me, I mean, 
if you look at Syracuse again, the Purdue game, had it not been for Purdue losing their minds and acting as if they had never had success in their lives before, acting as if they'd never seen athletic success in a month of Sundays before, we could be looking at a different record for, for Syracuse. So uh, I, I, I just wanted to hop in with that. But long story short, I think I've made it clear who I think has the edge here. I think it's it's very obvious that the uh, NC State linebacking core, again, I like Jones a lot. I like uh, Wax a lot. I think those two are quality ball players. I just don't think that they are beating out NC State's linebacking core as they're currently composed. I, I don't believe that. I bet on our linebackers any day and twice on Sunday. And if you're a better, go to betonline.net. It is the number one source. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports raising information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Head to BetOnline.net to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So some of y'all are going to be mad at me. Some of y'all are going to say that, you know, there were there were um, there were some cop outs taken and all that good stuff going forward for the rest of this episode. But I'm all right with that. You know, it's like it's like we go. We're going to get into all of the uh, the remaining position groups and talk about who has the advantage. So in terms of defensive backfield, I am going to say this. Syracuse has the best defensive back in this game, I would believe, in in Garrett I would say that they have the best individual defender in terms of secondary in in um, Mr. Wilson or Williams, Williams. But the reality is, State has it's, it's like when uh, LeBron played the uh, Celtics a couple of years back. I want to say it was like Jason Davis' rookie or second year or whatever, and it was like he was the leading scorer, and there were four or five guys that were all Celtics before you got to the Cavs' next leading scorer. That's kind of what that's kind of what happens in terms of looking at Garrett Williams with his defensive backfield. Not saying that they're terrible and atrocious like those Cavs teams were, but man for man, it's not really the same in terms of in terms of looking at um in terms of looking at all of the players for state who are playing well. Tanner Ingle hasn't been suspended once this year for targeting. Got to love that. Cyrus Fagan, whenever he's healthy. He is balling. Aiden White has been phenomenal all year. Aiden White has been phenomenal all year. You go ahead and and look at uh, Pitts on the other side. Pitts has been coming on strong lately. He's been showing improvement, doing the things that he needs to do uh, to, to make some things happen. So I think that State wins this. And again, Syracuse has other guys too. Elijah Clark is another guy in that defensive backfield, and and he does good things. But again, when I'm talking about State, when I'm talking about Tyler Baker-Williams, Cyrus Fagan, uh, when I'm talking about all those guys, got to give them their respect. Got to give them their respect and say, hey, our defensive backfield takes a slight edge. Again, not to knock Syracuse's defensive backfield, not to say they're bad. I just think ours is a little better. Next thing, wide receivers and tight ends, the pass catchers of the group. Now, of course, running backs can catch passes too, but we're just talking tight ends and receivers in this instance. And here's the thing. 
Upon first glance, I wanted to give this one to Syracuse uh, right away because because of tight end Oronde Gadsden the uh, second. I wanted to give it to them right then because he's a big time player. He makes plays in the red zone. He finds ways. That's what I was thinking. But when I look at uh, NC State's receiving core, I see a situation where we, outside of Thayer Thomas, don't have a fully reliable, fully proven guy that goes out there and gets it done. Uh, Keon LaSane has been coming on strong lately. I thought Devin Carter was going to step in to be that guy, but there's been some injury problems there. The reality of the situation, Syracuse not only has Gaston, who is 6'6", I want to say 215, but there's also Damian Alfred, that's 6'3", and Umari Hatcher is 6'3". Now, Umari Hatcher is a younger guy, doesn't play a ton. But you get my point. You get my point in terms of um, in terms of how their receiving core, how their pass catchers, they just have an abundance of size. But the production just isn't there, which is surprising. That is the part that is wildly surprising to me. So I, I in terms of receiver and tight end, I'd have to give this one a push. Although I wanted to lean Syracuse, although I wanted to lean Syracuse, I kind of, I listen, I get it. Some people aren't going to like that, but the reality is this. If Anthony Smith is coming back this week, again, every time Anthony Smith's on the field, he's primetime TV, he's doing something right, he's putting his team in a position to win. I think, I think that there's not much more that you can ask of a guy in terms of uh, what what he is. And now, the special teamers. This one is another push. And I know what you're thinking. You're you're making easy stuff. You're making cop house and all that. Smith is a bad boy. He's been a bad man over there at, at, at Syracuse kicking that ball through the uprights for years. For years. Dunn has to. Dunn has to. Our punters, I think our punters are a little bit better, but in the grand scheme of things, the difference I don't think is enough to um to make me go away from my stance of this is definitely a push. This is definitely one where I'm like, mm, it could go either way. It could go either way. Again, quarterbacks, I'm not ranking because it's not fair. Devin Leary is out, and so it wouldn't, or Devin Leary is day to day, and so it wouldn't make sense to try engage his um it, it wouldn't make sense to try engage, oh, well, the quarterback has to do this or has to do that based on my expectations with Devin Leary because my expectations with Devin Leary and Jack Chambers are very different. Those are two totally different sets of expectations, so we're not going to go there and, and talk about that. But, again, the running backs, Q's got that by a mile. Linebacker State has that one. Uh, defensive backs, I think that Q's is, is kind of, again, they're they're good. They're not our defensive backs. Wide receiver and tight end, they have some massive pass catchers. Massive pass catchers, the production ain't there, but they could drag out a lineup with a bunch of 6'5 and 6'3 guys and like, what can you do there? What I think they got a tight end that's 6'7, about 260 as well. So what can you really uh, do there? And again, the specialist, hey, this is neck and neck. These two, neck and neck. Smith has only missed once this year. I don't believe. Um, I don't believe that, 
what is the words that I'm looking for right now? In terms of in terms of what I'm looking at, in terms of uh, the uh, my words are losing me. The reality is these teams are both very very good, but again, when I'm looking at these uh, when I'm looking at these units unit by unit, I'm I'm telling you why I've got everybody that I've got here, um, and this is again the the linebacking core like Jones like uh, Wax. I just don't think that that's a a good matchup in terms of going up against one of the best um, linebacking cores in the nation, the defensive backfield, they got the best guy, the best guy. I think that our unit, I think the whole of all, all of our parts, I think we got in there. The, uh, the, the pass catchers, they got, they got all the size in the world, just not producing. We have one receiver that we know is reliable. Everybody else has been hurt, been suspended, been, you know, you don't know what's going on, but there's, just not really too much or there's way too much to figure out there. And um, for the specialists, again, it's, it's about neck and neck. Smith is great at what he does. So is done. You know, all that good stuff. Living be merry. I, I'm not really uh, too in the saying what somebody is or is not based on, based on what I'm guessing here or what I'm predicting here. But this, this is about what I've seen this year. That's that's what this is about. This isn't about what I'm projecting or what I've seen last year, what I thought I should see this year. This is purely based on what I've seen this year. So there's that. We'll be right back after a word from our local sponsors. So Wolfpack Nation, I think, or I hope that I've made this clear to you in the the pregame session here, that these are the how I expect um, these, or these are what I believe in terms of what I believe these players are, who I believe has the better position groups, who I believe has more talent and all that good stuff. Not necessarily indicative of who I think will win the game, because again, there is a lot of different factors that go into that. And I'm going to get into that in the next episode, as far as, you know, the what ifs and how to state win and Ken's keys and all that good stuff. I've done it before. I'm going to do it again to make sure that y'all have everything you need to be ready for this game today that is going to take place up in the Carrier Dome. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. You are Locked On Wolfpack. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 